Yeah. Um, I don't. I'm, I don't have any of the, the cues. Okay. Yeah. Um, Sorry. I've got Christine's sermon. We're going to have to stay ready to go during the sermon. Um, sure. Because we've got two songs inside the sermon. So atheists don't have no songs comes fairly early in the sermon. She's going to be talking about, so she'll be talking about how we did that song during the earlier service. And then she'll say, just here's a little taste of it. And we'll do that first verse. And then, and oh, then we're not doing it. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. That's the atheist, <laughs> atheist and then she talks and talks and talks quite a bit, so we can probably sit. And then um, when she's getting toward the end, okay, I'll be following along because she'll be talking about history. Okay. I just eyes wide open. <laughs> Sure, yeah. I know, I'm always. Whenever I hear somebody else's phone go off in the sermon, did I turn off my phone? Did I turn off my phone? I know. <laughs> Talking about like she wanted songs that didn't have God in them, but weren't. Oh, we got it. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. We are. Hi, Linda. Um, this is kind of a new format for spare parts. It's not exactly spare parts because we got Lydia on the keys and singing, and this is super fun. So um, we're going to start off with a Michael Franti song. So jam out with us.
the mountains and the deserts and the deep blue sea. Thank you. We have one more song for the gathering music. This is a song written by my friend Hal Walker, and it's specifically for the September Soul Matters theme, which is the gift of welcome. This is called Don't You Need a Welcome.
things will fall into beauty. Somehow the light comes and shines right through you and me. Almighty love has its own unfolding. Hold on to the ones you love. A never-ending song of welcome, welcome. Beyond politics and faith, come in your welcome. Beyond the walls of fear and shame, we say welcome. From the mountains to the valleys and the oceans, we call out and invite you to rise in body or spirit for the call to worship. It symbolizes the truth that we know and the truth that we seek, the community we share and the community we aspire to, the learning that enables us and the mystery that encompasses us. Here we speak the languages of memory and hope. Here we are welcomed, our journeys embraced and shared. Here we take refuge from slings and arrows of our lives. Here we offer refuge to those around us. Here we ask ourselves what we can do to make this a better world for everyone. Here we light a chalice. It's number 1003 in the hymnal if you need it or just follow the words. Where do we come from? What are we? Where are we going? Where do we come from? What are we? Where are we going? Where Mystery, mystery, 
Be seated. Well, good morning, everybody. It's Labor Day weekend, and summer is still going. <laughs> I'm Judy Goring, your worship leader today, and my pronouns are she and her. Whether you are in the physical or the virtual sanctuary, in the social hall or family room, everyone is welcome. I invite you to take a look around for a moment and notice who's sitting next to you, behind you, in front of you. And of course, those people on Zoom, take a look uh, who's on your Zoom screen. And everybody look up beyond the piano and wave to our Zoom family so they are also included. Our services are multi-generational and they tend sometimes to be a little lively. Kids are welcome to sit right up front or anywhere in the sanctuary. We have a pray ground uh, where, uh, right up front where our smallest congregants uh, can sit with a soft rug and some cool toys. Children's table in the back has some quiet activities. And for youngsters, you know, who can use that little moving around, uh, there's a family room across the hall. And our live feed for the service today, unfortunately, is having technical difficulties in the family room. We are one people of many beliefs, many origins, sexualities, and genders. We are all growing all learning, and most of all, we are all loved. Everyone is welcome here. There are no others. Good to see you again. And where's Carl? He's down there. What's is there a problem? He's embarrassed to come up because he's become an atheist. <laughs> Carl Coyote, who has been telling us for 35 years that he is a minor deity in some Native American traditions, is an atheist. That's awkward. <laughs> Uh, well, let's see, he, he's in very good company here and we would love to hear his story. Why don't you see if you can get him to come up, okay? All right. Hello, Carl, it's good to see you. Uh, we, we, uh, Rebecca tells us that you are thinking of yourself as an atheist now. Yeah? It's all a bunch of stories. Uh, the, the stories about the Native American god Coyote were a bunch of stories. So you um, changed your mind? Well, you, I mean, you don't have to be, you don't have to feel ashamed of that. People change their minds all the time, even about very important things when they get new experiences and have new ideas. Like, look at all these people out here. Let's, let's give Carl a hand here. And uh, if you've changed your mind ever in your life on some important subject, Raise your hand. Yeah, see? That's, yeah, that's pretty good, huh? Um, so you've changed your mind now and you don't believe in the Native American god coyote? No? You want to tell me more about that? You don't believe in any god? Oh, okay. They're, uh, they're all stories. Okay, well, that's the classic version of an atheist, so you're right to have that label. And, um, and I'll bet there's other people here in the congregation who think of themselves as atheists. I wonder, does anybody want to raise your hand if you think of yourself as an atheist or a humanist or a agnostic who leans against believing or, yeah, see all these hands? Lots of hands here. 
Uh, lots of that. Okay. Yes. What's an agnostic? Oh, uh, an agnostic is someone who is not sure whether there's a god or a deity or not, or about things like heaven and hell and resurrection. Um, and they think that these are things that we, uh, we uh, earthlings can, uh, just can't know about because the world is so big. Yeah, right. So you're very sure. Okay. All right. Well, that's okay, too. You're not an agnostic, then. You're an atheist. All right. Good. So did something happen that changed your mind? Really? Would you like to tell me about that? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, okay. All right. Well, so Carl says that um, uh, during the pandemic, when things were all very bad, we all remember, right? He started feeling like even a minor deity should be able to do something about it, right? Because people were dying and the church was closed, right? Yeah. Things were bad, and it seemed like even the major deities couldn't do much about it for a while anyway. So what's the point of a god? Ah, that's a good question. A lot of people have asked that question, and it's a question that brings a lot of people to being an atheist. So you're, you're in good company there too, um, Carl. Thank you for telling us that story, and we, we wish you're well in your atheism. So, Rebecca, you're... Uh, the, the mama goddess in the moon kept COVID from the rabbits? Hmm. Well, I know rabbits didn't get COVID, but I also know that rabbits are like famous for having major pandemics, rabbit pandemics, in which all the rabbits die. Yeah, even all the rabbits in the whole warren can die. It's very sad. Yeah. So what is mama, and when we're talking about mama rabbit with Rebecca, by the way, we're talking about mama rabbit in the moon that we can see in the full moon. It's very important to her. Um, and should Mama Rabbit in the Moon do something about those rabbit pandemics, in your opinion? Oh, no. No, she says, because, uh, because if there weren't rabbit pandemics, the rabbits would take over the world, and that would be bad for everybody else. I remember that story. That was a good story. Right. Okay. So, um, so uh, you believe that Mama Rabbit can't stop the pandemics, even though it's sad when so many rabbits die. Okay. We're getting into heavy ter territory here. My goodness. I think we'd better call up Olivia to help us out. Sometimes she knows things, the rest of us. Oh, well, hello, Olivia. It's good to see you, too. Let me help you with your wing there. Um, uh, let's see. So, Olivia, I know you're Jewish, and I know Jewish people believe lots of different things about God. Um, do you want to tell us about your ideas about God? God is everything. Oh, okay. All right. And because that's what Spinoza and Einstein believed. Okay. All right. You've been doing your homework as usual, I see. Um, so both of those men were called atheists by the people around them who didn't understand or didn't want to understand them very well but they both actually thought of themselves as believers in God. They just had a very big definition of that, what that God was all about. Yes, everything is a miracle. I like that philosophy. That's a good philosophy. Uh, yes? Oh, really? Oh, oh okay. Uh, uh, Olivia has to go to her Zoom meeting of the Society for Humanistic Judaism now. So, well, thank you for dropping by. It's good. Bye. It's a, Zoom's really opened up the lives of the puppets in Angela's office, right? It's a, it's a, it's a good $100 a year the church spends on, on them. All right. Um, all right. So, um, yes, Carl. Ooh, Carl, I don't think I want to repeat that. Um, remember that we believe in being tolerant of other people's beliefs here and not making fun of them and trying to understand the things that other people say about the things they believe, remember? All right, thank you for reminding everybody, helping me remind everybody of that message. And um, uh, so, let's see. And thank you for sharing your beliefs with us. 
that was very interesting. And I hear you puppets are going to be around more now that the pandemic is really, really over, we hope. Okay, good. That's great. We'll see you then soon. Bye-bye. Carl? Bye-bye. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. So meditation is one of those things, easy to do, impossible to master things. Easy to do because it's simply a relaxed awareness of the moment. And we start with the relaxed part, so get comfortable. Take a couple of good breaths. Notice tension in your body, in your shoulders, your hands, your face and let it go. Just sink into where you are right now. And with all that tension gone, you can let go of the other stuff too. Your to-do list, worries about your loved ones, the things you brought with you today, just let it aside for the moment. Rest from the exhausting attempt to control the world. You can get back to whatever parts you need to take on in a few minutes. They'll be there. But for a moment, relax. Meditation is a challenge because our minds by nature think, worry, plan, agonize, and otherwise disrupt our ability to be here in the moment mentally. So like giving a toy to a toddler to keep him busy, we keep our minds busy being here. We keep it busy in many different ways. Today, I want to suggest you keep it busy by listening. Listening to the profound sound of quiet, which is never silent. Let's be together for a couple of minutes in silence.
makes a better world one that we can call everybody's more. Now we're going to try it in Spanish. Feel free to join in. Juntos por Let us open our hearts and minds to the joys and sorrows that fill the air around us, the ones close and the ones from far away. Let us call to our mind's eye the faces of loved ones and put their names on our lips. As I ring the chime, please speak your names or concerns and we will hold them with you. We kept, especially keep Susan Peck in our hearts. Her mother has entered hospice. And on this Labor Day weekend, let us remember the importance of working and advocating for justice for all who labor, all who spend their energy and their intelligence and the time of their lives making the world around us work, whatever their place in the economy's pay scale. And may we do what we can to make that pay scale more just. And may we breathe in the air of leisure on this holiday, plan to enjoy our world, its abundance, its beauty, and its love. Peace be with you all. So Angela is on vacation this weekend, and a well-deserved one it is. Not only has she been solo ministering while Bob's on sabbatical, she's had some guest preachers back out suddenly, which, believe me, is a lot of stress. I subbed for her on one of those occasions back in July, and it was so good to be back in this pulpit uh, and to see all your faces, old and new. This is the last in a summer series of sermons on different faith traditions. Angela asked me to take on this last one late last spring, and I've been thinking about it as I listen to sermons all summer long. This message will be focused on atheism, along with other theologies which decenter or doubt or reject the presence of divinity in our lives. Our little puppet, Carl Coyote, told his story of becoming an atheist this morning. It was well-timed, don't you think? And this slice of the theological pie, though, uh, relatively uncommon in the general population, is held by between one-third and one-half of all Unitarian Universalists. Another third of UUs more or less believe, like Olivia Owl, in a large and impersonal sort of higher power in the universe, uh, a purpose or a spirit. Sometimes they call themselves pantheists, which means that God is everywhere. Or a subtle variation, which is panentheist, that means that God is both everywhere in the universe and has a presence and being outside of our 
place in the things. The reminder um, with Rebecca Rabbit of variety of beliefs in a personal God or goddess and divinities who might respond to prayer or offer comfort or love, steer things towards good, that sort of thing. Um, Rebecca, our eternal six-year-old, articulated a pretty simple belief in a loving God. Most adult you lose who believe in a loving God are a little more adult-like about it, of course. And a small percentage of those traditional believers think of themselves as liberal Christians, that is, believing in a loving God, especially known in the teachings of Jesus. There are a few UU churches, all in New England, that are focused on serving Christian UUs. The majority of our congregations nationwide are focused on serving the atheist humanist segment of our population. This congregation, like most of the larger UU congregations, strive to serve all three theological groups, both by careful balancing of worship topics and liturgies and by sponsoring many kinds of different discussions and spiritual practice groups and religious development options. So atheism and other faith schemes which do without God are a pretty big deal around here. And of course, had to be included in our summer survey of religious theologies. And it got its start way last May when the question of the morning was, what is religion? The service included a song, which I, I might have been alone in this, had never heard before, a 2010 hit by Steve Martin called Atheists Don't Have No Songs. It was very funny in context, as you're going to see, but I found a frown on my face and the desire to yell out, they do too. But of course, yelling out, in the sermon is something ministers never do. So I saved that thought for this revenge match <laughs> this weekend of the series. It's a great blessing to work with Susan and our church's musicians on this last week of the series. Um, because, hey, atheists and friends, atheists have a lot of really good songs. And this may surprise you, many are songs of faith, just not faith in God. Anyway, here's a taste of the song to jog your memory. Do you want some B pictures? Flat. B flat. Christian. Christians have, have their hymns and pages. And pages. Havana Gila for the Jews. Baptists have the Rock of Ages. Just sing the blues. Romantics hang, Romantics play, 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 the lure. Born again, sing he is risen. But, but no, no one ever wrote a tune. Wrote a tune. For godless existentialism. For atheists, there's no good news. They'll never sing a, a song, song of faith. faith. In their songs, they have a rule. The he is always lowercase. The he is always lowercase. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Now you can start frowning now. The song goes on, goes on to, and gets worse. Um, uh, atheist tunes add up to nada. Only, we only can sing rock and roll, never sing a song of faith. And even worse, instead of going to mass, atheists just take a pass, watch uh, football in their underpants. Ouch. Well, atheists, as you know, have good songs. We've heard several good atheist songs already, and there are more. And even more important, atheists live full lives of love and service and meaning. What atheists don't have much of is respect. The grim, dissipated, rootless existence implied in that song about atheists, not to mention the worst thoughts of immorality and despair, that some believers think characterize atheist lives is just prejudice. We know it's not that way, right? But some believers really can't imagine how anybody could live a joyful, satisfying, or moral life without believing in God or face death without knowing that they are going to heaven. 
It's a sort of ignorance. People more often though, for more often though, prejudice against atheists is expressed because atheist is one of those categories of people who can be picked on and made fun of and felt superior to without too many consequences because they've been assigned underdog status. This goes back to antiquity. Socrates was executed in the year 399 BCE for the crime of atheism. At least we don't have that anymore. But we're still told that being elected president of the United States would be pretty much impossible for an out of the closet atheist. With 44% of Americans doubting that it's even possible to live a moral life if you don't believe in God. And when in 2018, poll respondents who were asked to rank faith groups put atheists and Muslims at the bottom of their lists, well, presidency is probably not possible. The subject of atheism flared at the beginning of this century, fueled by one author who wanted to blame believers in God, particularly God in Arabic, which is Allah, for the world's troubles. This was Christopher Hitchens. He and three others, Sam Harris, Daniel Dennett, and Richard Dawkins, the four horses of the atheist apocalypse, they were sometimes called, were a cultural moment with their best-selling books and their extensive tours. It was an exciting cultural moment, but these authors whose books, emotional tone, and outright prejudice didn't wear too well. Only Dennett is still writing. Last week, there was a review in the New York Times about his newest book, which is called I've Been Thinking. Sounds like Carl Coyote. I've Been Thinking. The others, I'm sorry to say, descended into anger, intolerance, and in two cases, into the direction of the alt-right movement. That was disappointing. These men all made the point that atheism was increasing in society, and they got that part right. Atheism was increasing as a percentage of population in those days, and it's continued to grow, doubling in a 2018 Pew survey up to 4% now, from 2% only decades earlier. This increase is fueled by younger generations, which show bigger increases, but there is a larger percentage of people in every generation who tell pollsters that they are atheists more than they used to. About 75% of atheists are men, the pollsters tell us. The vast majority are white, college-educated, and politically liberal, although this moderates a little bit with every younger generation. Interestingly and happily, atheists are also among the most informed of any religious group about religion in general. Here's our feel-good moment. We're better informed. We way outperform the population on religious topics, including the specifics of Christian belief, like how many gospels there are and things like that. They were twice as likely also as the average American to know that the Constitution says there shall be no religious test necessary to hold political office. So many of you use are atheists, although in this, as in so many things, we call our atheism by many different names. Atheists who don't believe in God, but also naturalists who don't believe in God and focus on the world and its beauty and intricacy. Stoics who study and try and live a venerable philosophy developed in Greece about 300 BCE. Humanists, as well as agnostics who lean against believing in any supernatural reality abroad among us. The bottom line is that they, we, and others who identify in the same way live without recourse to God or other supernatural entities, focusing instead on love of neighbor, appreciation of this life, and in the case of humanists, on the growth and potential of human beings. The generous spirit of Unitarianism, non-doctrinal to its core, expanded to meet the religious needs of those whose worldview didn't include God more than 100 years ago. And the Universalists, also non-doctrinal to their core, followed in the middle of the last century. This is a religious community, which has been enriched beyond measure by the gifts of atheists, naturalists, Stoics, humanists, and others who remind us of our obligation, as our purposes and principles say, to heed the results of science and warn against idolatries of mind and spirit. Oh, uh, 
you've been listening to the sermon? Oh, well, that's nice. What, and what can we do for you? We don't understand what Simeon is. Ah, okay. Well, Let me tell you a story. So once upon a time, there was a terrible pandemic. Lots of people in the world got sick and died and everyone else was worried because they didn't want to get sick and die and everybody had to stay home to stay safe and people were lonely and afraid. Their lives were interrupted. A lot of people lost their jobs and um, it, was, it was really bad, right? And some people wondered how a good God could allow any of that to happen. Right, Carl? You were thinking that way. But here's what happened. As time went on, people got organized. Scientists started working on a vaccine. The medical people started experimenting with new treatments. Churches like this one started holding their services and other activities on Zoom so people could get together. And people who could make masks for themselves used all their sewing scraps to make masks, so at least we could all go to the grocery store. Remember that era? And you puppets, you puppets even helped. Do you remember this? You, you, got, you did all kinds of silly things like climb trees and get in the dishwasher. We took pictures of you so to make people happy, right? Okay. So, yes. What does this have to do with humanism? Ah, well, I'm getting there. So humanists believe that instead of thinking that the gods or God should solve all our problems, we should count on ourselves and other people to do the things that need to be done in our lives. Humanists think that the miracle is that the human spirit is large enough to make things work and we can love each other and take care of each other. And instead of putting their faith in divinities, they put their faith in people in humanity. Yes, Rebecca? Yes, Re yes, Rebecca's reminding me that there are bad people, and it's true, there are bad people. Um, but it's the job of the rest of us humanists, believe, to help people not do bad things and to fix it up when they do. It's up to people in this life to make our lives good. And that's what we're, that's what we're here on Earth for. Got the picture? Okay. Well, um, thanks for helping me with the sermon, but I think I better go back to the pulpit now. All right. Bye-bye. Yes, Carl? Is there such a thing as coyoteism? I think you're going to have to invent it, Carl. So, bye. Let's see, where was I? All right, well, the bottom line for atheists and friends is that they've looked at the world as clearly as they can, thought deeply about what they've found here, and have found no support for the God hypothesis. Although believers in God often think that any open-minded person will discover God in the world, or by logic, the fact is that even the Bible says that no one has seen God and acknowledges that if we're to find God, we have to do so on a journey of faith. And the fact that some people take a journey of faith and simply find the beautiful, intricate, natural world full of enough meaning and challenge, and a human world filled with enough love and purpose for a rich lifetime, don't get as much as a hint that there's anybody or anything supernatural in our lives is the way things are. So atheists don't ask themselves what God wants. They ask themselves, is my life better, more loving, more able to manage setbacks and grief, more joyful because of what I believe? Is the world a better place? Will I be able to die with grace and a whispered thanks when the time comes? Those are actually the questions of every spiritual journey, atheist or theist, Christian or Buddhist or pagan or any other. It's pondering like this that deepens our lives, whatever we believe. Deepening our lives is spirituality. Spirituality doesn't depend on any kind of deity. 
It depends on focusing our lives on deep things like meaning, acceptance, and peace. Which is why we who honor the importance of the individual search for truth and meaning define spirituality as the depth dimension of life, with divinity or without. Our spirituality is the part of our lives where meaning comes from, where the why questions are pondered, where our love lives. We look deep for a sense of connection, for compassion, for the strength to live up to our moral values. That's a depth of life available to every human being. And there are spiritual practices to fit every kind of belief about the meaning of life. One of the practices of spirituality is honoring the mystery. All the things that we don't know, can't see, don't understand. What happens after this life? We may have our guesses, but nobody knows for certain. How did this amazing universe come to be and why? Theories abound, but the core is always a mystery. What do I do with my one wild and precious life? The best I can, with beauty, with love, with the pain and the evil that is with us and must be resisted. Some people just pick answers and pretend they're certain or believe they're certain. You use are much more likely to be able to just let the mystery be. got the the zoom show on the uh, back camera here and all the comments are showing it looks like they're having a good discussion on zoom so yay zoom <laughs> we unitarian universalists have lots of different theologies and we are united in our attempt to keep an open-hearted and curious response to those around us and what they believe 
which is how atheists and theists and liberal Christians and pagans and others get along here just fine. Instead of bashing away at those who don't believe as we do, we ask questions, we wonder what their story is, or we just ignore them. And when we are blasted by those who don't understand us, we show that we're worth our salt by sticking to our own complex version of reality and not retaliating in kind. That's part of the richness of liberal religion. May it thrive in our world, and may we be ever more effective livers of its life. If you are proud of this church, become its advocate. If you are concerned for its future, share its message. If its values resonate deep within you, give it a measure of your devotion. This church cannot survive without your faith, your confidence, your enthusiasm. Its destiny, the larger hope, rests in your hands. Our Change for the Future partner uh, is, goes to Coalition to Stop Violence Against Native Women, advocating for social change and providing support to Native advocates working against domestic violence, sexual assault, dating violence, stalking, and sex trafficking in New Mexico tribal communities. Let us now give freely and generously an offering to sustain and strengthen our shared religious communities. We really do have a lot of great atheist songs. <laughs> We are washed by the very same rain We are swimming in the stream together Some in power, some in pain We can worship this ground we walk on Cherishing the beings that we live beside Loving spirits will live forever We're all swimming to the other side Searching, hungering for answers in my time. I am balanced at the brink of wisdom. I'm impatient to receive a sign. I move forward with my senses open. Imperfection it be my crime. In humility, I will listen. We're all swimming to the other side. Journey through thoughts and feelings, finding intuition, our heads, our hearts. We are gathering the tools together. We're preparing to do our part. All of those who have gone before us band together to be our guide. Loving lessons that we will follow. We're all swimming to the other side. Living beneath the great big dipper, we are washed in the very same rain. We are swimming in the stream together, some in power and some in pain. We can worship this ground we walk on, cherishing the beings that we live beside. Loving spirits will live forever. We're all swimming to the other side When we get there we'll discover All of the gifts we've been given to share Have been with us since life's beginning And we never noticed they were there We can balance at the brink of wisdom Never recognizing that we've arrived Loving spirits will we're all swimming to the other side We 
for your gifts, however they are given to this congregation and to the group of folks from New Mexico who are preventing violence to Native American women. Very important cause. Thank you. I want to say hello, 76 people on Zoom this morning, and also to say thank you all who provide an audience which makes all of us perform ever so much better for you and for the Zoom folks. Appreciate your being here. And we have an announcement from the board this morning. Is Emilia here? Well, we are prepared for that. We are. Okay. okay. You're all invited to have coffee with the board today. On Zoom, there's a breakout room right after the 9 o'clock service. In the social hall, she'll meet you. I'm assuming she's going to be here. <laughs> and who wants to party? Join the board's 75th anniversary task force. And if you want to continue to converse about the theme of the morning, here are a couple possible questions to talk about. First of all, if you've substantially changed your theological thinking like Carl has, what prompted you to do so? And how do you honor and notice mystery in your life. I invite you now to stand and offer our peace, peace blessing all around, one hand on your heart, one extended to those around you. Day, this little light of mine, just pay attention to what Lydia is singing because she's doing some slightly different words than the hymnal version, but you'll pick it up real fast. I said this little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine, yeah This little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine, yeah Tell us, tell us
shining all around the world. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, 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 let it shine. blessing of church member, poet, and insistent atheist Ben Nuri, who died during the pandemic. May your spirits soar with the eagles and bring you joy. May your dreams dance among the clouds and bring you hope. May your hands do the work of the world and bring you satisfaction. And may you find wisdom wherever you seek it and may you know peace. So be. do something a little bit different with swimming to the other side the 